Hey, Giant fans, after listening to this upcoming episode of the Locked on Giants podcast, be sure to check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast hosted by NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. Find the Peacock and Williamson podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on the Odyssey app. are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Friday, June 4th. Happy Friday. We made it. And of course, today, as you are hearing this, the Giants are scheduled to have another OTA practice, one that is open to the media. So um, I'm going to put this show out, and I'll tell you in a moment what the show is about. But just a heads up, I'm going to do another show later today that's going to touch upon all the highlights and things we're talking about from the OTA. So that's going to come later today after I get a chance to, you know, gather my notes, put everything together and whatnot. But on today's show, what I'm going to do is I was inspired yesterday, actually, in my writing. So and I'm inspired every day. But uh, I did an article in response to something that I saw on CBS Sports by Jason LaConfora, who named Daniel Jones as his choice for coach killer as part of um, a, a bold prediction type of piece that covered the entire NFL. So based on the format of that article, I said to myself, self, why not do a show, a bold prediction show specific to the Giants? Now, I'm not going to be able to touch upon every category that LaConfora did in his article, but I did come up with a few names of my own for different categories like MVP, player of the year, and so on and so forth. So that's what today's show is going to be about. And as always, folks, if you have a different opinion, if you want to, you know, weigh in on a choice that I make, you're welcome to do so. Um, send me an email, lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to take a look. Maybe we'll work in some of the best comments on a Twitter Tuesday coming up. All right. So on that note, Giant fans, let's kick this off. And I'm not going in any particular order here. I kind of am going to jump around a little bit. And I want to start off with the most underrated free agent signings. Now, I didn't, for, for this category, I didn't look at the big money guys because, you know, it's too easy to say, oh, go with Kenny Galladay or go with, you know, Leonard Williams, who we signed with the Giants or uh, go with Odore Jackson. Um, just too easy. And I like a challenge. So I kind of went outside the box here. And I got to admit, there were two There were two guys that I kept coming back to, and I really couldn't decide between the two. And my two underrated free agent signings are both on the defensive side of the ball. Nose tackle Danny Shelton and edge rusher Ifedi Odenabo. All right, so let me start with Shelton. When the Giants lost Dalvin Tomlinson, that hurt. I mean, I'm not, I still think that hurt because he was playing really well for them. He was a big body who was just, you know, filling up the middle there and keeping the linebackers clean. And, you know, just after listening to Blake Martinez during the last media round that we had about, you know, when he was asked about Danny Shelton, Danny Shelton's a guy who I got to admit, when he was coming out of college, he was a guy that I 
at the time was hoping the Giants would draft, but then again, at the time, the Giants didn't, the defense that they ran didn't really fit Shelton's skill set and background. Now it's more of a fit. And I just like the idea that the Giants have gone and they've gotten themselves a big bodied guy who can potentially keep those linebackers clean, give them opportunities to shoot gaps and whatnot. And I just think that Shelton is probably one of the most underrated signings that the the Giants made in free agency, a guy who, you know, he he didn't cost them a lot. He signed a one-year veterans uh, salary benefit deal. So he's not going to cost them a lot. And I think it's just going to be a case where, you know, if he plays well, then you sign him to a longer-term deal. If not, next year's defensive line class is going to be a little bit deeper because you're going to get more guys who went back to school to take advantage of the extra year of eligibility coming out in the draft. So I just, for some reason, I think that that signing is really underrated and it's going to help the Giants' run defense, which was pretty good last year. Let's not, you know... Let's not take away any credit from the effort done last year. But, you know, I I just feel that the signing of Shelton eases the sting just a little bit of losing Dalvin Tomlinson. Now, what I want to see from Shelton is can he, you know, does he have enough mobility to maybe push that pocket and, and help with the pass rush? I think he does, but I've got to see it, obviously. Now, as for Odenabo, this is a signing I liked right away. And, um, just he's a guy and and if you've read Giants Country I did a story on him Um, I had an opportunity to interview him and he's a terrific guy by the way Uh, really well spoken he calls himself Ifedi the storyteller and boy can he tell a story Uh, but anyway uh, Ifedi he is a guy who early in his career the coaching staff at the Minnesota Vikings didn't really use him to the best of the ability they tried to have him play inside which wasn't really a strength for him. And, you know, then he went on this journey. He went to, you know, the the Cleveland Browns. And by the way, he also mentioned to me in in the story that he almost got picked up by the Giants, that the Giants had actually put a, a waiver claim in on him when he first became available. But, you know, here he is with the Giants, and he felt it was a good fit. And although he wasn't sure where, you know, what his role is going to be per se, as a situational pass rusher, there's just something about a guy who's had 10 and a half sacks over the last two years. It just absolutely intrigues me. And I just have a feeling that this is going to be an underrated signing, that this is a guy who, if a uh, defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, wants to put together a, a NASCAR package or something on par with a NASCAR package, you're going to see o- Odenabo on the field a lot. So I would say in terms of most underrated free agent signings, Shelton and Odenabo are my choices. Do you agree? Well, again, drop me a letter or an email at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. All right. The next category I want to talk about is my pick for sack leader. And I know a lot of people are going to say, okay, this one, you got to go with Leonard Williams because he's the defending sack leader, or you go with Aziz Ojulari, the rookie. I'm going to go with Lorenzo Carter, all right, the strong side linebacker who's making his way back from a torn Achilles. And the reason why I'm going to go with Lorenzo Carter is because before Lorenzo suffered his injury last year, he was finally showing signs of having put it all together. He had a, a pass rush plan. He had, um, 
he, he was just playing with his hair on fire. And just watching his game and how confident he was and how he was flying around out there, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I firmly believe he would have challenged Leonard Williams for, for the lead, the team lead in sacks last year. I think it's going to be a close one between Williams and Carter again this year, but I'm going to give the edge to Lorenzo Carter. I think Lorenzo Carter, if he is 100% healthy, and he looks to be right now, um, I think he's going to be a player who they don't take off the field, and that's going to give him a, a plenty of opportunity to rush the passer and really work on building those um, those pass rush numbers. And it doesn't hurt that Lorenzo Carter is also in a, in a contract. So that certainly doesn't hurt his cause uh, and his case for potentially being the team sack leader. All right, Giant fans, we've got a lot more categories to go through. We've got player of the year for defense and offense. We've got comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, trade candidate, interception leader, and so many more. But first, folks, let me tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com offers an extensive selection of auto and body parts for dozens of auto manufacturers, makes, and models, all at competitive prices. Get what you need for your car or truck delivered straight to your front door from rockauto.com. And uh, be sure to tell them that Locked On sent you. Write it in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, Giant fans, you got Patricia Trana here on the Locked On Giants podcast, and we are talking about bowl predictions for various categories specific to the New York Giants team only. And we have a lot more coming up. But uh, if you're into betting, make sure you check out Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to get to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great information that they have there. And if you use our special promo code locked on to sign up for an account, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on at Bet Online, your sportsbook expert. All right, folks, let's go back to our list. And again, I'm not going in any particular order, but let's look at interception leader. I picked Logan Ryan for this one. I, I just feel that Logan Ryan last year, I, I, simply amazing how he came in, you know, making a position switch, a guy who just took to the defense so well. And obviously, you know, he had a connection with uh, Patrick Graham when the two of them were with New England, even though Patrick Graham at the time wasn't wasn't his defensive coordinator. I just feel that Logan Ryan, for as good as he was last year, he's going to be that much better. You know, and I think the other thing to remember, and this is also kind of fueling my my pick for Logan Ryan, the Giants have added to that defensive backfield uh, unit. They've added Adoree Jackson, obviously. They've added um, Aaron Robinson. They've added Rodarius Williams. These are all extra chess pieces that is going to allow defensive coordinator Patrick Graham to really mix and match that group. And we saw some of that last year with Logan Ryan and the defensive backs. We're going to see a lot more of it. And I just, you know, just in 
my belief that Patrick Graham has a way of putting these guys in the right position, in the right circumstances. Um, I just have a gut feeling that Logan Ryan is is going to he's going to ball out. I think he's going to lead this team in interceptions. The additional help, like I said, will will be a big thing for him um, because it won't limit what he can do in the defense or, or the roles that he needs to play. I should say in the defense. So I am looking for a really, really big year from Logan Ryan. He is my pick, my early season pick for the Giants interception leader. Okay, next player, this one, this category, I think we could probably all agree on this one. And that is the comeback player of the year. Now, when I think of comeback player, I'm thinking of a guy who is overcoming a major injury. You know, I know in some cases there's, you know, a performance issue, maybe a guy who didn't have a year, you know, a good year the prior season and, you know, comes out and and just absolutely balls. But for me, the comeback player of the year should be a injured player. And I think y'all know where I'm going with this one. Saquon Barkley is my choice for comeback player of the year. And the reason for that is, you know, you look at the type of injury, you look at the position and what's required of the player at his position, and you kind of just put it all together. And if you think about it, you know, Saquon Barkley, before his injury, what did the Giants ask him to do? You know, he, he was a running back, he, he would bounce to the outside, he would go up the middle. Um, once in a while, you would see him come out of the backfield as a receiver where he would run and cut and do all these things. And, you know, then the ACL, the torn ACL happened. And it's only natural to wonder, you know, how much of that quickness, that mobility, that agility that he had before the injury, how much of that has gone away? Now, you know, I've seen the videos of Saquon Barkley going through his rehab, little clips here and there that have been posted on social media. I am not a doctor. So I don't profess to say, oh, you know, he looks 100% or 80% or whatnot. But what I see when I look at those videos is a player who is absolutely busting his hump, who is hungry, who is determined to author one of the greatest comeback stories in the game. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I had a chance to take part in a poll for comeback player of the year. This this is more of an NFL wide type of poll. And some of the players that were were mentioned included um the Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Dr. Lauren du- Duvernay Tardif. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um uh, who last year uh decided to opt out of the NFL so that he could help and be on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, while that's admirable, to me, you know, coming back from that, you know, any player coming back from opting out, I, I'm sorry, I've got to give more consideration to a guy coming off of an injury. So when picking, uh, making my choice for the NFL poll, I went with Saquon. And I'm going with Saquon here. You know, the Giants had other guys who were injured, but Saquon, for what he means to this team and for how important he is and and for all the work he's putting in, that's my choice. And I'm not even thinking twice about it. That is my choice for comeback player of the year. All right. Trade candidate. This one should be a fun one. Um, the popular consensus here 
is that Evan Ingram, tight end Evan Ingram will be the trade candidate. And I don't necessarily disagree on this one. And, you know, I, I wrote recently for Giants Country, I did a, I'm doing um, training camp preview profiles on all the players. And for Evan Ingram, I made this point, and I'll make it a, again here on the podcast. I really believe the Giants want to make this work with Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram wants to make this work as well. That said, if it doesn't pan out, the Giants right now have Kyle Rudolph. They have Levine Toilolo. Um, they have Caden Smith. Uh, they, they have a whole bunch of tight ends on their roster. If Evan Ingram continues to have the case of the yips, continues to be a, a, a team killer, so to speak, continues to have these blunders, I could see the Giants before the trade lo- deadline looking to move him. And, you know, look, you don't want to give up on talent. And he's got a lot of talent and he and to his credit, he's been working his tail off to make this all happen. That said, at some point, you've got to be smart if you're the Giants. If this kid is not cutting it before the trade deadline, don't just continue to carry him, you know, especially if you're going to have salary cap issues or salary cap concerns next year. If you can move him before the trade deadline, you will probably have invested about maybe half of the six plus million that he's due to earn this year. And that's better than spending the full $6 million to carry a guy who maybe shows that he's just not going to cut it. So I would say Ingram, for sure, would be the, the top potential trade candidate. And I want to make it clear, I hope they don't trade him, because that means he will have stepped up, he will be performing at the level that we all think, he, or, you know, had all hoped that he would be performing at. So let you know. I have my fingers crossed for Evan because again, he's a, he's a nice kid, works his butt off. I just I don't understand why you know between the coaching staff and between Evan, they just haven't figured this out yet. It's just it's it's a it's a mystery to me, and I hope this year that they are able to figure it out because I do think Evan Ingram can help this offense in a big time way. All right, next candidate, Coach Killer. Now, um, I mentioned at the top of the program that Jason LaConfora of CBS Sports named Daniel Jones as his candidate for coach killer amongst the NFL. I disagree. And I outlined that in an article on Giants Country. So I'm not going to go into the reasons here because I just, you know, I, I just found LaConfora's logic behind that to be totally offbeat. My concern for the coach killer, or my candidate for the coach killer, and I couldn't give this to one player. I had to give it to a unit. You know who I'm talking about, folks, the offensive line. The offensive line, the Giants have said that they are confident in the offensive line. They feel that the line is going to be better now that they've had a year of experience under their belt. I want to believe them. I really do. And, you know, look, I'm going to believe them because they know better. They see these guys every day and they know how they're teaching them and whatnot. But I can't help but still have questions about the offensive line. All right. You've got Matt Paert at right tackle, a guy who, you know, last year couldn't even get on the field in, in the regular the regular season finale, which to me was was telling, you know, how much of that was was because of an ankle injury. I don't know. But still, that was kind of telling. You've got Will Hernandez who is, you know, 
right now planning to make the switch from being a career left guard to right guard. And that's a switch that can take some time. So how quickly can that offensive line get up to speed? And then here's the other thing, folks, you've got depth concerns, or at least I have depth concerns. So if there's an injury, at, let's say left guard or right guard. Do we want Zach Fulton in there? You know, a guy who, you know, when he, when he was released by the Houston Texans, I think I didn't see a single solitary report by anybody who covered the, the Texans who didn't see it coming and who didn't kind of applaud the Texans for getting rid of him. You know, if one of the tackles don't work out, you know, Andrew Thomas or, or Paird, do you want to see Nate Solder, who hasn't played football in two years, coming in? If Nick Gates, something happens with him, you know, the backup option there is probably going to be either Fulton or Jonathan Harrison. So I have concerns about that unit. I know the Giants don't, and I should probably, you know, yield to their opinions because, again, they are there. They see these guys every day. They work with them every day. But I'm sorry. I just can't shake these concerns. And I think if there is a potential player slash unit that stands to be coach killers in terms of being inconsistent, I think the Giants offensive line has got to be the best candidate. Sorry, that's how I feel. All right, Giant fans, we've got a few more categories to cover on today's episode of Locked on Giants. But first, folks, make sure you check out our friends over at BuiltBar.com. They have nine amazing flavors, and they just released a brand new flavor. It's a chocolate mint grasshopper cookie type of, of protein bar. Really good. I had an opportunity to try it out the other day, and I really like it. I like anything with mint and, you know, the real milk chocolate that Built Bar uses to coat their candy bars. Actually, they're not candy bars. They taste like candy bars, but they do use real milk chocolate. And I tell you, it's it's like eating a, a sweet treat without the guilt. And when you head on over to BuiltBar.com, you can save 15% when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Giant fans, we are going through a list of very, very early New York Giants bold predictions, our fearless forecast just picking out some random categories and forecasting who I think is going to win, who's going to be uh, the guy we're going to be talking about in each of the category. Now, one cat, actually a couple categories I'm not really going to touch upon, and that is statistical leaders in receiving and rushing, because you just, I, I want to see how that plays out. I'm not ready to make those, those forecasts yet. I mean, obviously Saquon Barkley would be, would come to mind with, rushing, um, receiving. I don't know if it's going to be Tony or if it's going to be Kenny Galladay. You would think it would be Kenny Galladay, but I, I want to give that some additional um, additional thought. I know it's not that difficult, but I'm not ready to go there just, just yet. So where I am ready to go, let's talk about Player of the Year awards. All right, so I have offense and I have defense. And how about we start with defense? And my pick for defensive player of the year on the New York Giants, my very early pick, this is probably going to surprise a lot of you. And hey, again, I'd be curious to hear what you think about these picks. So you can send your, your responses to Locked on Giants podcast at gmail.com. My pick for the New York Giants Defensive Player of the Year, James Bradbury, cornerback. 
just such an underrated player. You know, it's interesting. NFL.com, I saw a column where he was selected as the Giants' most underrated player. And he really is. And, and I'll tell you why he's so underrated and why, I, why he would be my choice for player of the year. When you talk about the pass rush and you look at the Giants' pass rush last year, how is it that the Giants were able to finish in the top 12 in sacks despite not having a solid pass rusher, a consistent pass rusher? And the answer is simple. The defensive backs, and in particular, James Bradbury. James Bradbury just did a wonderful job with shutting down the opposing uh, top receivers. I think he faced and in every week, I think every week he was facing the top receiver on on the opponent, and very rarely did the opponent get the best of him. And when you were covering the opposing receivers, the way that um, the way that Bradbury is capable of doing so, now you take away an option for a quarterback. So maybe a quarterback has a, you know, his top receiver, his number one receiver is the guy who who is on the first read. So now you're forcing the quarterback to go to his second read or his third read. And I just feel that the the contributions made by James Bradbury last year were they were appreciated but, you know, very underrated. And I think the guy deserves a lot more credit than what he's getting. You know, a lot of people look at the defensive front, you know, Leonard Williams had a big year and not taking anything away from him. Please don't get me wrong here. Um, but I just feel that James Bradbury and his contributions didn't quite get the recognition or the appreciation that they should have. And I'm not talking from, you know, from amongst the fans, I'm talking more or less league wide and, you know, you're probably saying, well, he got voted to his first Pro Bowl. Yes, he did. And, you know, that obviously counts for something. But I just felt like he was one of the underrated guys um, when we talked about this Giants defense. Uh, a runner-up, by the way, you know, speaking of underrated, I'll, I'll give you an underrated guy, Blake Martinez, who, you know, how nice was it to have a middle linebacker who – with over a hundred tackles, made most of those tackles within like the five yards of the line of scrimmage. You know, I always say with linebackers, their tackle stats can be very deceiving because a guy can have, you know, a hundred tackles, but if he's making 90 of those tackles seven or more yards down the field, then it's really not that impressive. And Blake Martinez, if you're talking about underrated players, that would be another one. You know, he would be a very, very close second. But I got to go with James Bradbury on this. I love Blake, but I got to go with James. Okay. Offensive player of the year. Ooh, tough one here. Do I go Saquon? Do I go Kadarius Tony? Do I go Kenny Galladay? Do I go Kyle Rudolph? You know what, folks? I'm not going with any of them. I am going with wait for it, Danny Dimes. That's right. I am going with Daniel Jones as my Offensive Player of the Year award. Now, before anybody asks, I am completely sober. I'm, you know, I'm very serious with this. I just, I don't know why, but I feel good. I feel optimistic about the direction Daniel Jones is headed, you know, and 
I mentioned again at the top of the program that Jason LaConfora picked Daniel Jones as his uh, coach killer candidate in the NFL, top coach killer candidate. To me, a coach killer is somebody, you know, that doesn't know the playbook, who doesn't work consistently at his craft, who, you know, who can't, you know, function because of what's around him. And Daniel Jones, to me, doesn't fit that category. He doesn't fit that criteria. And I know I say this, and I've written this, I've said that now Daniel Jones has no excuses. The biggest thing for Daniel Jones, obviously, is he has to show everybody that he can go from being a game manager to a game winner. He has to show that, okay, you know what? You've been in Jason Garrett's offense now for a year. Now you should know that offense pretty well, especially now that you've had an opportunity to work at it um, in the in the springtime with your new receivers and your new teammates that they brought in. There's no excuses for Daniel Jones. And I I just don't know why I have this feeling, but I think he's going to step up. I, I certainly hope he does. I want the kid to succeed because if he doesn't succeed, then I hate to say it, but it's going to be another long year. The Giants are also going to have to start over again. And how many times can this team afford to start over? You know, I mentioned this before on, on Giants Country. They started over when Tom Coughlin resigned and Ben McAdoo came in. So, you know, it was a new coaching staff. And then Ben got fired and they brought in um, Pat Shermer and they had to get used to Pat Shermer. And then in Pat Shermer's second year, they made the switch from Eli to to Daniel Jones. And then Shermer got fired and now they're on Joe Judge. So if you look at it, since Tom Coughlin resigned a few years ago, the Giants have had a, had a major restart in some way, shape, or form, be it at quarterback, coaching, systems, whatever. They can't keep doing this. And this is a big reason why this team has just been stuck in the mud. So it would behoove us all to root for Daniel Jones to have that big breakout season, to be the guy who is going to be the offensive player of the year. And I think he can do it. You know, until I see otherwise, I think he can do it. And again, we'll see what training camp and the preseason brings us. But um, right now, I'm feeling pretty bullish on Daniel Jones being the player of the year on offense. Okay, folks, one more category for you. This one is really, really difficult for me because I don't know that there's a, a I don't want to say safe answer, but a right answer for this one. And this is the team MVP. Which player on the New York Giants will be their MVP? And this could be offense or defense. And let's see. So I have James Bradbury as my defensive player of the year candidate. Daniel Jones as my offensive player of the year candidate. Saquon Barkley as my... um as my comeback player of the year. I think Lorenzo Carter will be the sack leader. Logan Ryan, the interception leader. Um, underrated, I have Danny Shelton and Ifedi Odenabo. Oh, gosh, this is so difficult. Um, I am going to say the Giants MVP. Let's go with, let's go with Kenny Galladay. Why not? 
you know, the Giants invested a lot of money in Kenny Galladay to be that X receiver. And, you know, if Kenny Galladay can do for Daniel Jones what Plaxico Burris did all those years ago for Eli Manning, boy, is this team going to be on the right track? Is this team going to be fun to watch? And I think Kenny Galladay has that in him to 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 bring that Plaxico Burris type of production and effect on the Giants' offense. I really do. Um, I don't know what kind of numbers. I don't want to sit here and predict numbers because I, I, you just you know that's that's so hard to do to predict stats and whatnot. But I think if we're talking team MVP, I got to go with him because. If Kenny Galladay can give the Giants what they paid for, and you you know you never really get completely what you pay for when it comes to free agents, but if he can give them you know a good chunk of what what they pay for, um, the Giants are going to be in good shape for years to come. Now, if Kenny Galladay gets hurt or turns out to be a bust, then again the Giants you know going to be a long year, so. That would be my pick for the team MVP at this stage. All right, Giant fans, before we say goodbye, make sure you head on over to the Locked On Today podcast as hosted by Peter Bukowski. He gives you all your sports news in under 20 minutes, everything you need to know. That's Locked On Today, available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for today's show. I want to thank you for tuning in. And again, if you have feedback, if you have your own picks as to who you feel should I should have discussed instead of the ones that I picked, drop me a line. My information will be in the show note descriptions, and I'll also uh, put the categories in the show note descriptions. I won't put the names in there because obviously I don't want to get the content away, but that will all be in the show note description. And don't forget, we're going to have a special edition of the Locked on Giants podcast after the uh, Giants complete their OTA on Friday. So that's coming up as well. All right, Giant fans. So until then, thank you as always for listening and we will talk to you again soon. Have a great one.